This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sakasana United Methodist Church, August 22, 2021. The message is, Where is your brother? Based on Genesis 4, 1-12. It's good to be with you this morning. Would you join me as I pray? Loving, gracious God, we thank you for being with us this morning. We thank you for bringing us together as a church family on this rainy day. You are the reason why we are here, oh God. We are, you are the reason why we worship you. So as we come together and to listen to your word, I pray that you would Fill us with your life-giving, life-transforming word. And we pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I just want to say thank you to Melissa uh, for sharing a testimony and sharing your experience as our summer intern. We have been blessed to have you as our summer intern this year. Uh, again, we, we bless you as you move forward and going back to college, uh, we'll be praying for you. Here's a story. A Sunday school teacher was discussing the Ten Commandments with her preschool class. After explaining the commitment to honor thy father and thy mother, she asked, is there a commandment that teaches us how to treat our brothers and sisters? Without missing a beat, one little boy who had two younger brothers answered, Thou shalt not kill. We know it wasn't the case in the Genesis story we read this morning. The story tells us that two sons were born to Adam and Eve. Cain was a farmer and Abel raised livestock. He was a shepherd. They both bringing offerings to God. Cain chose some vegetables from his harvest to bring as an offering. Abel brought the very best of his livestock as an offering to God. Though the story doesn't explain exactly why God accepted Abel's offering but rejected Cain's. When they were in the field the Cain said to his brother Abel and then killed him. You know the story. After killing his brother, God stepped in and began a conversation with him. The Lord says to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Pay attention to his response in the text. He replies, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? You know, God's question confronts Cain, and his question echoes the, the question posed to his parents when they were in the Garden of Eden. When God asked Adam and Eve, where are you? He was asking about more than a physical location. We talked about it. But in the same way, God must know where Abel is. But then why would he ask him this particular question? 
As we continue this sermon series, the question that God asks us, we're considering some specific questions, not those from arising from us, but those that arise from God in the text, in the Bible. This morning, I would like us to explore this third question, where is your brother? Especially in the context of this biblical, biblical story, and more importantly, in the context of our own lives. Why is God asking him this question? What does Cain's answer say about who we are? How would you answer this question if God asked you today? When I was serving as a young adult pastor in a large congregation in Tennessee, there was a parishioner whose son had been killed by a terrible car accident. One morning, her son and his roommate were going to work, taking one of the major highways, interstate highways. In front of them was there uh, an over-speeding truck loaded with the furniture. And guess what? A, one of the couches fell up the truck as the freeway grade suddenly changed. The couch then took flight, flipping a few times in the air, and then set out on the freeway on all four legs. My parishioner's son noticed it and immediately turned the wheel to try avoid it, but it was too late. The car overturned, killing both of them instantly. His family was devastated by the sudden tragic death. It raised many difficult, challenging questions. While the person who loaded furniture to blame for this senseless death was a truck driver or truck driver's co-worker to blame in any way for the accident. Couldn't they have prevented this accident from happening? What if they secured furniture tightly, more tightly? What if someone saw the truck and warned the driver or reported to the police? When this kind of senseless tragedies happen, it's, it is easy for us to be caught up with the question, who should be blamed for what happened? Who's responsible? Who has the blood on their hands? But it raises a deeper, more fundamental question for us. What is our responsibility toward each other? What is our responsibility to one another? Should we mind our own business, not care about what takes place in others' lives? Do we just need to let everyone be accountable for his or her own life? Or do we have a God-given responsibility to be concerned with the well-being of others? Where is your brother? The question that God asked Cain addresses this difficult, challenging issue. This question invites us to consider our responsibility toward one another from at least two different angles. First of all, this question invites us to recognize our responsibility toward our neighbors. This includes our family, friends, co-workers, colleagues, those who live next door in our community, those we meet as we go about our daily lives. 
They're the ones who immediately come to your mind when you hear the word the neighbors. And when you hear the question, where is your brother? Where is your sister? Let's take a look, closer look at the Cain's response to God's question. There are at least two different ways to interpret the response. When God asks him, he replies, I don't know. Am I brother's keeper? He basically says, I don't know and I don't care. I don't know, I don't care. It's an expression of indifference and the lack of remorse in his case. Also, Cain's word do shift a responsibility. By his response, Cain shifts the responsibility for what happened to God. In other words, what he's saying here is that, I don't know, I'm not responsible for my brother. You, God, are. We have seen this from the two biblical stories we read in, in previous sermons. Adam and Eve, after eating the forbidden fruit, the people of Israelites, when they were trapped between the Red Sea and the Pharaoh's army, you know, when things didn't go their way, their initial reactions was to point their fingers at others and blame them. Again, that's our human tendency rooted in brokenness and sinful nature. Blaming does many things, as we know. It gives us a kind of illusion that we are in control. It gives us a false comfort that we are not responsible. But the reality is that by blaming others for what happened, you deflect responsibility. That's exactly what Cain did when God asked him the question, where is your brother? He could have responded in ways Ways that show what it means to be a responsible member of God's family. He could have said to God, Lord, I've done a terrible thing. I've sinned against my brother and against you. Please forgive me. But we know Cain's answer was a flat denial, indifference, and blame, even blaming God. He refused to take any responsibility toward his brother and for what he did. Certainly each of us needs to take responsibility for our own lives. Many of the choices and decisions we make every day, we're accountable for them. But today's question from God also reminds us that our lives are deeply interwoven interconnected with each other's. So whether we acknowledge it or not, what we do affect those around us. What this means is that in certain respect, we are accountable for what happens to those around us. And we are called to work out what our accountability involves. As we are planning to go back to the two services, beginning September. I just want to say um, thank you to everyone in our congregation for being flexible and for being patient 
as we move back and forth, as we uh, move in and out, as we try fully online and outdoor, indoor, there are so many changes we had, we had gone through over the last 18 months. And I just want to say thank you for being faithful, being patient, and being, being flexible in the midst of all these changes. As a church, we've done our best to do our part. And, and we have been abundantly cautious about the spread of the virus. We offered, you know, different styles of worship and different ways of worship. As we are planning to come back inside, we are asking you to wear a mask. And I know some people, some of you are not pleased with that decision. And I get that. You know, wearing a mask is very inconvenient. I know, you know. As a person who wears a glasses, you know, when I take it up, it, all, it always, you know, tangles with my glasses. It gives me a hard time all the time. I, personally, I don't like it, but can we do this? For some of our vulnerable church family who are worshiping with us today and, and going forward. You know, sometimes I have to realize that it's not just about me and my, and my rights. Sometimes it's about doing what's right for others as a Christians. And I just want you to know that our decision to wear a mask in the sanctuary has nothing to do with the politics. It, sh it shouldn't be a politically oriented decision. Our inconvenience for an hour can help create a safer environment for worship. And it's based on the affirmation of our faith in what it means to be together as a church and what it means to be part of God's family. So first, today's question that God asks us invites us to recognize our responsibility to our neighbors. And, and wearing a mask is one way. It's one way of doing it. it. It comes from the awareness that we have responsibility for one another as a church family. So first, today's question God asks us invites us to recognize our responsibility toward our neighbors. Second, it invites us to recognize our responsibility toward our enemies. First, toward our neighbors. Second, toward our enemies. But this recognition cannot take place without seeing our enemies as our brothers and sisters or as part of God's family. As familiar as we are with the story, it still doesn't make whole a lot of sense that Cain killed his brother. Why? Why did he have to kill him? What, what led him to kill his brother? What really happened in the field? We do not know because the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what happened. But it has been assumed by many ancient modern commentators that anger and jealousy caused by God's rejection of Cain's offering led him to kill his brother. 
It seems Cain must have had a deep resentment and hatred in his heart toward Abel. Does this mean that he was simply a villain or a broken soul with a destructive anger issue? Did he act in real perceived self-defense in the process of fighting or, or, or as someone who loses control? Again, we do not know. We do not know his exact motive. And it makes it difficult for us to figure out how we treat him as a biblical character. What we know is, though, that he treated his brother Abel as an enemy, as a threat, and ended up killing him. But God's question challenges Cain to see Abel as his brother. Again, where is Abel, your brother? That was the God's question. Where is Abel, your brother? The good news is that it's also challenging for us to fully understand is that God still treated him <clears throat> excuse me, with some sympathy. And rather than punishing him with death penalty, God treated him with sympathy and God showed, showed him mercy and took care of him, the first murderer in the Bible. There's a chilling legend from the Middle Ages. One night, two warriors in full armor were riding along the separate path, each thinking there was no one else around for miles. And the path crossed, and the warriors came upon each other. It was dark. It was heavily wooded forest. And both were startled. They were surprised to see, see each other. And each misinterpreted the movement of the other as gestures of hosti hostility. So they began to fight each, believing he was under attack and must defend himself. The fight grew more intense until one knight succeeded in knocking the other off his horse. And with one mighty effort, he drove his lance through his fallen knight. He then demounted and pulled back the face mask of the knight. And there, to his horror, in the pale moonlight, he recognized his own brother. He had mistaken a family member for an enemy and destroyed him. What a tragic story. The story of Cain and Abel remind us, reminds us that when we have a mindset that sees each other as an enemy, destruction follows. And today's question from God challenges us to see our enemy as part of God's family, as part of our brothers and sisters. We don't usually feel much responsibility toward our enemies. We know that. Those whom we dislike or hate. However, the way we choose to see others make a huge difference in the way we behave toward others especially if they are our enemies. Sometimes we struggle to admit this, but we all have our enemies. And we are called to love everyone. We wish everyone loves us. But this is highly unlikely in our world of brokenness. Most of us have people in our lives whom, whom we don't like or who don't like us. 
Enemies are those toward whom we feel hostile and, and who sometimes feel hostile toward us. Sadly, our enemy can be within our own family, extended family, just like it was for Cain. But through the question, where is your brother? God invites us to recognize that we have a certain responsibility toward our enemies, not just for our neighbors. The first step is to choose to acknowledge this truth. When we begin to see our enemy as our brothers and sisters, that will be the important first step. William Manning, Manninger, uh, the monk who has dedicated his, his life to prayer and meditation for over 50 years, wrote a poem, actually a prayer, called Compassion Meditation Prayer, which was meant to be prayed for someone you might consider an enemy or someone with whom you are in a conflict. The prayer goes like this. May you be happy. May you be free. May you be loving and may you be loved. May you know the fulfillment of what God has planned for you. May you experience God's deep, profound, His love for you. May Jesus Christ be formed in you. May you know His peace that passes all understanding. May all good things be yours. May Jesus' joy be in you. May that joy be complete. May you know the Lord in all His goodness and compassion. May you be protected from the evil one amidst every temptation that comes your way. May the Holy Spirit fill and permeated your entire being. May you see His glory. May you be forgiven of every sin. And I forgive you, or will try to forgive you, of every wound and hurt with all my heart. May God's goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. I'm going to send you this prayer, your constant context, so you can use it in your life. But, you know, praying this for a person who has wounded us, who are, are the, our enemies, and is no small task. It's a difficult task. We have to admit it. It's a difficult, it's a challenging work. But it is a significant step forward. The first step to recognize that we have a certain responsibility for our enemies. Friends, if God asks you this question, where is your brother, where is your sister, what would be your answer? What would you answer this question with? We might answer this question in similar ways that Cain did. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? But our friends, I hear this question of God today as I see those who deal with the aftermath of devastating earthquake in Haiti. I see this, I hear this question as I see the news about Afghanistan, the people who are suffering. The children, the women, the innocent people. When God asks us this question, sometimes, sometimes we answer 
It's like Cain did. Am I brother's keeper? But when God asks you this question, friends, think of the someone that you suspect you may have hurt or diminished or dismissed intentionally or intentionally, unintentionally. What might God's invitation be when you consider the question, where is your brother? Where is your sister? Think of your brothers and sisters, our church family, who are not with us online or in person. Don't just wonder about how they're doing. Reach out to them. Reconnect with them. Their phone calls, text messages, emails. And that's what we are going to do this fall as we try to reconnect as a church family. When God asks us this question, where is your brother? Friends, it is a God's call, God's invitation to think of someone we consider either neighbors or enemies. Someone we ignored, someone we forgot about, someone we hate. What should be our response to them? What should be our response to them? We don't want to see them anymore. We don't want to deal with them anymore. But what is my responsibility for them? Begin with a prayer for them as I share with the prayer. And I pray that you would respond God's question with love and compassion. Remember, our response to this question is our answer to God's question. Our response to them is our answer to God's very question. Where is your brother? Amen.